You are now listening to Making Preparation for the Enemy taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website to listen to more messages like this one and subscribe to our newsletter at BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Making preparation to the enemy. This is a subject that needs to be taught. It's something, it teaches us how to handle the enemy and what you must do in order to be ready for his attacks, ready for his foolishness, ready for the people that he sent to you, okay, and how you must deal with it, and how God expects us to deal with the foolishness of the enemy. Amen? It's a great message, and I want you to hear this because it's very, very important. I got a definition here. We're going to start with 1 John 4, 2 and 3. I'm going to give you some definitions first of um, preparation. Again, that was 1 John chapter 4. Preparation, according to the Strong's definition, the word means prepare. It means to be firm, stable, be established, meaning hold your ground in truth. Hold your ground in Christ. Be stable. Don't be all messed up in the brain. Be stable in your spirit, in the spirit of God. Let Allow his spirit to be within you, cause you to be stable. Be established in his truth. Be established in the Holy Spirit, in the power of God. In the power of God. To be set up by God. To be ready for anything. Because that's what the enemy brings. He brings trouble anytime to make arrangements. So what are you going to do when you're attacked? What are you going to do when he comes to you? How are you going to handle it? How would, what's your, your disposition? What's your attitude? I learned a good lesson in this. What's your attitude? In other words, be stable in our walk with God, in Christ, and be ready at any time to meet your father, to know who your father is, and be ready to go at any moment. Not rapture, but ready to go at any moment. Okay? At any moment. Meaning Satan gonna bring drama to you at any moment. At any moment. That's who he is. Don't let your guard down. Be stable. Now who's your enemy? We know the enemy is Satan. But he has workers. So a, a person who is actively posed or hostile to someone or something. Or something. That's your enemy. Okay? We know the devil is your enemy. I want you to discern and understand. Okay? Discern what you feel. Discern what you feel. Everyone who comes to you is not your friend. Okay? They're not. Everyone who comes to you, if you work with them, if you know that, even if you're sitting next to them in church, it don't mean they're who they say they are. Amen? You have to understand that. They're predators. They're evil. They work for the devil. Amen? And we're going to work through all this today. Making preparation for the enemy. Some people know that if something spiritual happens in their life and, it's, and it turns out to be evil, they say, oh my God, that was from the devil. There's evil things that happen all the time that God protects us from in our life. Amen? And you don't even see it. You don't even see it. Because Satan's always on the attack. He's always on the move. All the time. He never slows down. Now, I want you to understand that he never slows the heck down. So we're going to go to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to read these two verses to you. We're going to go back to 1 John. Um, 
at the end of this too. First John chapter four, verse two. Just the two verses. If you haven't seen glory to God. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now anyone can confess that. Anyone can, even the devils know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and they tremble. Okay? Any human being can confess that they are, that Jesus is the Son of God. That does not make them a Christian. Christian goes by your action, goes by what you say, how you feel, how you live your life. That's what makes someone a Christian. Do you live for God or not? That's how you discern. You have to discern. Christ said, test the fruit. Know the tree. Amen? Three. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Meaning that does not have the deeds of a child of God. Amen? They are not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And it's running rampant through this world. It absolutely is. It's running like mice in a farm. It's just running like a wave. And it's tearing up everyone and anything that gets in this path without proper preparation on how to handle this fool. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 6. You got to know we're going here, right? Ephesians 6. <laughs> Ephesians 6, verse 10. Speaking of this armor of God. The armor of God is a spiritual thing. There's nothing physical about the armor of God. And there's never been anything physical about the armor of God. Okay? Your muscle, your brute, your might cannot fight the enemy. Okay? You cannot win against a spiritual entity in the flesh. You need spiritual power to fight the enemy. Okay? It's the only way you fight the enemy. With spiritual power. Dunamis from God. Power that explodes from you to the enemy backing them up. Okay? In the name of Jesus Christ. So Ephesians 6 verse 10. If you have to say glory to God. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and the dunamis of his might. Be strong. Be extremely strong. Be strong in mind more than anything else. Be strong in spirit more than anything else. Don't be strong in flesh. There's nothing wrong with being strong in flesh. But be strong in spirit. Be strong in the spirit of God. Amen? Be strong in that. For that makes a man, that makes a woman or a man of God or a child of God. It does. Fences are going to come. People are going to offend you. People are going to upset you. People are going to mark you. People are going to say things about you. People are going to talk bad about you. They're going to have ill feelings towards you. Who cares? Who cares? You're going to learn today to love your enemies even more so. 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This is extremely interesting because this is very, very important. The wiles of the devil. Listen to what it says here. The wiles of the devil are clever schemes used by Satan and his workers to ensnare us through temptation, threats, intimidation, by authorities, that means police officers, that means government, that means town, that means state, that means the people who make laws. Okay? All to get to Yahweh's children. 
It will do any and anything. Okay. And use whoever he can use to get to God's children. I want you to see that and understand that. They're wilds of the devil. They're the wilds of the devil. You heard of the wily coyote that chases the road runner and never catches him? Right? You heard of that, right? You saw that, right? Everyone saw that. The road runner is one of the slowest birds in the world. Okay? They are slow. They are very, very slow. And that what makes that cartoon so funny. Coyotes eat road runners left and right because they are slow. They're slow. But I want you to see something. I want you to see that in order to battle this fool, this enemy, the devil himself and his his workers, okay? And all the while that he brings forth his clever schemes. You ever wondered how come the um the four credit bureaus are never handled properly by anyone, by the government, by anyone? You ever wonder why banks aren't handled properly by anyone? They can just do whatever they want to you? You ever wonder if you come into a whole bunch of money, you gotta pay a millionaire's tax, right? If you get a million dollars, you gotta pay two fifty straight off the rip. Bang. So it ain't really a million dollars anymore, is it? <laughs> right. So that's why you ask me. You have to pay a millionaire's tax, okay? And that's new. And then the real wealthy don't have to pay tax at all. If you're in an upper echelon of wealth. You don't have to pay tax because you contribute so much to the economy. The wiles of the devil. Okay? So everyone who really can't afford to pay taxes are paying taxes and still being held down. Or everyone who can't afford to pay taxes are not paying taxes and they're living their life like do to do to do. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. I don't get I don't tell God to change the law, but what I ask God to do is put me in a place where I don't have to pay taxes and I can go do to do to do. Understand who your enemy is, okay? Understand what he's coming for. He's coming for you. He ain't coming for what you got. He's coming for your soul. He's going to do it any way he can. Twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There you go. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Your cousin, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your best friend, your ex-best friend, your co-worker. They're not your enemy. They're not your enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. If you believe the word of God, believe this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Principalities, that's powers. That's Satan. That's demonic powers. So even though they're in the flesh, they're filled with demonic powers. And they have, they have a targeted system. It's a targeted system. It's targeted. It's only targeted at certain people with a certain seal, okay? It's targeted at certain people with a certain seal who could actually hurt them. That's who it's targeted at. What was Hitler's number one thing that he wanted to do when he was on Earth? He wanted to rule the world, but he wanted to destroy the Jews and blacks. What? Anyone else, he'd be like, they could be in my regime. But the Jews and the blacks wanted to destroy. And he tried to. He literally tried to. I'm trying to show you through God how to make preparations so that you don't get yourself in trouble. But you allow God to do all things and to control all things in your life. Watch this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So you can't tell me that Hitler didn't have principalities 
working inside of him. You can't tell me that he wasn't evil through the spirit of Satan. You can't tell me that the people who put African Americans in bondage for over 400 years of slavery in this great country and all across the world, that they didn't have a spirit of evilness in them from Satan, from principalities. You can't tell me that people who do horrible things don't have an evil spirit in them from Satan. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that if, if, if your dad's an alcoholic, you're going to be an alcoholic. That's usually how it works, right? That's usually how it works, right? Yeah. If your dad's an alcoholic, you're going to because it's a disease. No, it's a spirit. And until that spirit is broken, the trend continues. I'm going to stay on topic there. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness. Do you hear this? Of this world. Who's the prince of the world right now? Satan is. Who's the ruler of darkness? Satan is. So it's all his workers who just happen to be your co-worker. Who just happened to be someone you thought you can trust. Who just happened to be someone in your family. Who just happened to be someone who's an officer. Who just happened to be someone... Who you thought you can trust. The rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's heaven. There's only one high place. And that's heaven. Spiritual wickedness. For we, meaning to us. That's what is translated in the manuscripts. The word for we is to us. So to us. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against Human beings with the spirit of wickedness and of Satan inside of you. I got Appendix 128, Roman numeral 3.1, Roman numeral 2.1. That's a lot. Of is what it is. <coughs> evil, evil. That's where I'm at. Evil, okay? Thinking of evil here. Spiritual wickedness. Paneros in the Greek. Full of labors, pains, and working mischief. Evil intent. Grudgingly in connection with the evil eye. The evil eye. So the evil eye is a real thing. I want you to know that evil eye is Satan's eye. We have God's eye who sees all things. Then we have the evil eye who searches out to target. I want you to see that. You see what I just said to you, right? The evil eye that searches out for targeted victims. Amen? I want you to see that. It's extremely wicked. It's not good. It's not good. God loves us enough to share this. And I thank him for it. 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, not half of it. You can't have half of it on. Or just one piece. Or the piece you like. You gotta have it all on. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day which is right now. Leading all the way up to Antichrist. And having done all to stand, he speaks of this final generation that we currently live in, which began in 1948, May 15th, and they signed it at 8 a.m. on May 15th in 1948. And that evil generation began. It began. Israel became a nation again, and God said, when that happens, you know that I will return in that final generation. Glory to God for truth. It's time to stand, which is part of our preparation definition. Stand. Ready. Not stand and lean against the wall, but stand ready. Ready and willing. 14. 
Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. You got that down. You got truth. What you doing with it, though? Amen? And having on the breastplate of righteousness. This is beautiful. Because stand therefore means to make preparations. There's our title. Make preparations. That's what stand therefore means in, from the manuscripts. Make preparations for the wickedness sent from Satan. To you to harm you. To cause you to become unfocused. Undisciplined. Movable. You must be ready as coming when we less expect it. It comes from all ways and every angle. It can come from your wife, your children, your friends, your church members, your co-workers. It could come from authorities. Listen to what I'm saying to you. It comes. And you got to understand that. You have to be okay with that. God, Christ said, I'm taking you away from the hour of temptation. He didn't say, I'm taking you out of the world and delivering you from all the wickedness in the world. He said, I'm giving you armor. I expect you to use it. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. Not to be a wimp. And your feet shod with the preparation, there it is again, of the gospel of peace. Ready for any moment. And martial arts, they teach you to have a strong stance. A very strong stance and ready for any blow. And to always have a comeback. To always have a counter. That's what they teach you, martial arts. You can't learn anything if your stance is not strong. You can't learn a move. You can't learn a counter. You can't learn a block. You can't learn a crescent kick. You can't learn a scissors kick. You can't learn a two to the face, one inch punch. You can't learn anything. You can't learn how to you can't learn how to transfer your power to someone else without even touching them. You can't you can't even learn anything unless your stance is solid. And that's the truth. It's the same thing in God. The exact same thing. But even more so spiritual. The exact same thing. 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you know it? Do you understand it? Does it bring you peace? Or are you looking for trouble? Hmm. Preparation of peace. Never looking for trouble. Some people look for trouble. Some people just go out with a chip on their shoulder looking for trouble. You're a Christian. Christians don't look for trouble. We solve problems. We don't look for trouble. Amen? But always making peace by love, by gentle love, and tough love for correction. So that true peace could formulate in your spirit, and then in their spirit, after the tough love, after the correction, we must remember flesh and blood isn't our enemy. That's why we forgive, but Satan is. Amen. And he's only using flesh and blood to deter you from what the real problem is. Amen. Now I want you to see that. I want you to see that. This is gold. This is platinum. Because if you never determine what the, the real problem is, you're always going to have problems. Amen? He's always going to come to you in a different form, and you're never going to figure it out. And you're always going to say, why does this keep happening to me? Why is this going on in my life? Why am I a mark? Why is this? They just racist, man. No, 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 no. It ain't always racism. Okay? You're target, you are targeted. 
I'm telling you, I showed you the evil eye. You are targeted. He's not looking for everyone. I tell the joke all the time. Satan sends this demon out to get a whole bunch of souls in one night. He says, the demons come back all happy and cheerful, and they say to Satan, Satan said, how many souls did you get? He said, man, I got like 500 souls. Okay? I went to the strip club and I went to this bar and I got like 500 souls. Satan says, I already got them. You wasn't using the evil eye? You, you wasn't using the eye that I gave you to search for certain people? I'm looking for people who don't know who they are. I'm looking for people who have the tall and ain't really plugged in yet. I'm looking for them. Watch this. This is beautiful. 16. And ab above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I want you to understand this and understand this very, very, this is extremely important. The shield of faith, this is even Jesus Christ himself. This is Christ. The manuscript said this is Christ himself, the shield of faith. This is Christ himself. Christ is that shield of faith that stops Satan and all his huh, threats and all his arrows that are pointing at you. So the shield of faith is Jesus Christ. That's beautiful. By your faith, anything is possible, right? Right? Anything is possible, right? So if, if by your faith, if anything's possible by your faith, this shield of faith becomes you seeing things that you normally would not see. Okay? This faith, Jesus Christ, becomes you seeing things that you normally would not see. It becomes you seeing the supernatural that you couldn't see before. That's what this becomes. It becomes you seeing angels that you couldn't see before. It becomes you seeing the devil, Satan himself, and you feeling his presence. So there's no confusion about who it is and what's going on or even why you do things. That's beautiful. The power of God. 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that protects your mind. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Not just for yourself, but for all the saints. For all the saints. This is beautiful because... Perseverance. This word is beautiful. It means to be persistent in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Perseverance. That means no matter what you're waiting on from God, no matter how difficult it gets while you're waiting, okay? No matter how Terrible it gets while you're waiting. He expects you to move forward. It's almost like it has a play on the word prakaptos, meaning moving forward no matter what the wave or no matter what the storm is. You move forward no matter what. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I pray you can see that. No matter what Satan throws at you, you move forward. Amen? You learn from it. The only way you can persevere is if you learn from your actions, amen? You learn from your mistakes. Become a better person, 19. And for me, I'll include myself in that, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. To make known the mystery of the gospel.
for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, and not to be afraid to speak. When I'm confronted by authorities, I speak boldly. Amen? When I'm confronted by fraud, I speak boldly. When I'm confronted by a spiritual entity that's not of God, but that is wicked and evil, I speak boldly with the power of God. No fear at all. No fear. Have no fear. Speak boldly. And be bold for your Father and your Savior. Amen? Go to the book of John. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 verse 1. Now you know what you're supposed to have on. And you know how to prepare for the enemy somewhat. Somewhat. See, one thing the enemy wants to do, he wants to take your joy, he wants to take your happiness, he wants to, he wants to take everything that God promised you and gave you. Okay? Your love. He wants to rip it from you. And you cannot allow this entity or this man that or woman or child that he's using to get to you, to cause you that type of pain. You are a child of the living God. And you carry the spirit of the living God. You are royalty and Satan knows it. John 10, 1. If you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. Really, really, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Yep, absolutely. A thief and a robber. Not called of God. If you can't come into the house of God climbing the fence, there's a front door. Amen? If you can't come in through the front door, you're not of God. You're not welcomed. Amen? You're not welcomed. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Is the shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ. And then he has under-shepherds like myself, Dennis, Dave, Pastor Murray, the apostles, the prophets. To him the porter openeth, the person who guards the door, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out to greener pastures. They know his voice. I want you to see something here. I need, I need you to know the voice of God. Okay? I need you to know when you hear truth. I need you to know when you don't hear truth. And I also need you to know, God needs you to know, when you're talking to the enemy. I say this all the time in church. I need you to know when the enemy is present. If you, if you don't know when the enemy is present, you have a bad life. And that's just the truth. If you do not know when he's present, you got something wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. Because nothing's wrong with God. And ain't nothing wrong with the person delivering this message. We go five. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. Because he's not of God. Because it's not of God. Because they're not of God. For they know not the voice of strangers. They know enough to know that it's not their father's voice. That it's not the voice of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Amen? They know it's not Melchizedek. Do you see how much of the world don't know the voice of God? Do you see that? By all these churches that are open that don't know the voice of God. They do not know the voice of God. It's absolutely, it's crazy to me that you have a father, a savior and a king, a priest, king of kings, lord of lords, Jesus Christ, Melchizedek, who's overall created all and known by the very wicked spirits that you can't discern. And you believe in that, that voice. It's the voice of God. That voice is the voice of God. Now again, authorities. 
Just because they have a badge don't make them a servant of God. Amen. Just because they have a badge don't make them a servant of God. Just because they were a tag that says deacon don't make them a Christian. Just because they have an office that says pastor on it or archbishop on it don't make them that. I want you to know that. Because a priest should not do strange things. Amen. A priest should not do strange things for chicken change. Okay? Or for any amount. It just shouldn't. It's wicked. It's not of God. And the system's so bad that a priest will not go to prison for doing bad things. Because as priests, we have to carry malpractice insurance. So if someone says something or does something or lie, or if the truth even comes out, okay, we'll tack that $250,000 and here you go, it's all done. That's not a good law. Amen? That's not a good law. That's, that's not a good law. A stranger made that law. Someone who does not have the voice of God, someone who does not know God made that law. It is evil. It's extremely evil. And I'm a priest telling you that. It's evil. Six. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. They didn't get it. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, really, really I say unto you, I am Ear Asher Let's clarify this. Yahweh. The Lord. I am the door and the Lord of the sheep. Amen. I created the sheep. So the sheep should know my voice. If they're of me. If they're not of me, they will not know my voice. Let's go the great apostasy. Let's go the whole world with strong delusion, worshiping the first Christ that comes. Thus goes mega churches and mega churches getting in trouble because of foolishness. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He's talking about a certain group, a certain people, certain group of people. I am Eashir the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. If you go through me and shall go in and out and find Pasture, and I say good pasture, the best pasture. That's what a pastor does. They give the best food possible. A true pastor, anyway. I'm not going to give you a milkshake, which is one verse or two verses, and say you're good. Amen? I'm not going to do that. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That sounds like Satan, doesn't it? I am, ear after ear, come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly on a greater scale. On a greater scale. This is a beautiful verse, verse 10. Satan is the thief and he uses humans to do his bidding. Why? Because he can't use his fallen angels because his fallen angels are locked away until a certain time. And then he will use them. They come with him at the sixth trump. So he can't use them now. So therefore, he uses the spirit to go around and to enter into people without God, who think they have God, who think they know God, but really don't. And he gives them the technique of the evil eyes. Okay? So their, their attacks are targeted. I want you to see that. Satan is the thief. And he uses humans to do his bidding. So they become thieves as well. Just like false teachers, false churches, thieves. With hatred inside of them 
to steal, to destroy, cast down, to really hurt, as Satan would. So we must make preparation, embrace ourselves for the wicked attacks, for their coming. Just remember, we were given power over all our enemies. That includes the devil. That includes Satan and all his humans that come against us. That includes ourselves. Don't put yourself out of this, okay? Because sometimes we cause ourselves more pain than anything else, amen? When we do not listen, when we do not take heed, we cause ourselves pain. I don't want you to do that. I want you to grow, and I want you to be mature. 11. I am Ia Asha'ir, the good shepherd. There's only one. That's Yahshua. Melchizedek. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. And he did. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, and belong to him, see if the wolf coming, the wolf being Satan, and leaveth the sheep. And fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Do you see the pyramid scheme going on here? Huh? I want you to see. Do you see the pyramid scheme here? Huh? This is a, this is the pyramid scheme. This is Satan taking his workers, creating churches that look like godly churches, right? Promising them all types of things. He returned at the sixth trump. They all flock to him, great apostasy. And then at the seventh trump, they're all disappointed very badly. Very badly. To the point where they want to kill themselves. The wolf is evil. The hirelings flee because that's what a hireling does. They have no backbone. They're not called of God to do anything. They have no moxie. Fifteen. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. He did. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. That's the Gentile. That will be you. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, the elect of God. Therefore, doth my father love me because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. That's bold. That's power. He speaks with boldness and power. This, com this commandment have I received of my Father. What about you? So it's very important to know when Satan's speaking to you. When he's using someone to speak to you and harm you. The shield of faith allows you to see that. He allows you to see that. The shield of faith. If, if, the, if you can't see spiritual things, okay, and you're in the truth... I don't think you want to bad enough. And that's the truth. Okay? You don't want to bad enough. If God doesn't allow you, because if you have the armor of God, you have all the armor, the shield of faith is what allows you to see that. By your faith. When Elijah said to, he said, God, allow him to see who's with us. Because his servant was freaking out. He was like, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us. It's like 10,000 of them. It's only a... And so it's just being you. He said, Lord, allow them, allow him to see your army with us. And God, he peeled back the curtain so he could see in the next dimension who was standing with them. And that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. I could do a whole message on it. Supernatural. 
you got to understand something. If you have the spirit of God, you're, you're kind of not really human anymore. And that's just the truth. And I'm not saying that I'm not human because I am, but I bleed as Batman or like Superman. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay? But you got to understand something here. You got to understand when you're dealing with God, when you are dealing with God, it's a difference. It's a difference. It's a huge difference. He's in control. You gotta know when Satan's speaking to you. You gotta know when he's using someone to speak to you. You gotta know when he's present. We must discern the spirits. Just because they have a priest collar don't make them called of God. Just because they have a badge, it doesn't make them a godly cop to do right. Just because they're family, it doesn't mean that you can trust them. Just because they say I'm a child of God doesn't make them one. Wake up. Discern. Know your Lord's voice and know the voice of Satan. Because if you don't know his voice, you might end up worshiping him. Okay? You might end up working with him and not even know it. Make preparations for the enemy. And the only preparation I have made for the enemy is the name of Jesus Christ, the power of God. That's the preparation I make for them, for the enemy. Let's continue here. First John chapter 4. I just left it. First John chapter 4. Almost done. We'll keep you much longer. Church is supposed to be a safe haven. Amen? It ain't. And I'm telling you that's about it. It ain't. Some churches are. Most churches are not. A safe haven. Well, I'm going to just let my child go to the church of God because that pastor is so good. Yeah, okay. I think not. I think not. Not today. Not with the way Satan's spirit's running around. Okay? I don't think so. Well, I'm going to just put all, everything I got into this church because it's so nice and pretty. And I just think they, they got to be teaching the truth. They're not. It's garbage. They're teaching hot garbage. What you learned today in church? And you leave and you be like, I don't know. What did I learn? I do not know. What did I learn? It's, I don't know. That's a shame. That's a shame. People from the big churches say that a lot when they come out. Because I used to stand there and be like, hey, what you learned in that church today? I'm thinking about going. Really? What you learn? Um, um, <laughs> nothing. Thank you. <laughs> I just learned something. <laughs> I won't be going. It's a mess. Here we go. First John 4, verse 1. Beloved, it's an endearment to those who hear God's truth. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Try them, discern them. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of false prophets in the world. There's a whole bunch of people who claim to be bishops, deacons, archbishops, pastors, reverends, doctors. Whoa, 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 dear son, I'm a doctor in the world. Of the really? You're a doctor, huh? Two. Whereby... Know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh 
is of God. Every spirit that actually teaches this truth, knows the truth, is a doer for God, is a child of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. Yes, that's true. It is in the world. And it's running rampant. I mean, it's, it's, it's greater than COVID. It's greater than AIDS. It's greater than Ebola. Okay? It's, it's greater than any disease. This spirit of Antichrist is bad. It's greater than cancer. It's bad. Extremely bad. Again, you know a tree by its fruit, Christ said. You know a tree by its fruit. If someone claims to be a Christian and they do not do things or speak things that a Christian would do or speak, they are not a Christian. There is no questioning. Maybe they, well, maybe they're wrong. Well, maybe, no, no, no. There's no questioning it at all. You give it time, you look, you watch, you observe, you discern. You just don't go off for one day or one week. You observe and you see and you watch who people are. You want to marry someone who's um got the spirit of the devil in them? And because you, you call yourself a Christian, you can't tell when the devil's speaking to you. Even when they're whispering in your ear. You can't tell, huh? That that's... A demon? You gonna commit to me? You gonna give me a ring? You gonna put a ring on it? Girl, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about commitment. I don't know. Lose that dude. Right? Lose him, right? Lose that girl. You're not of God. You're not of God. You have to, you have to understand something. You gotta stop acting like your brain don't work. Right? Like you got noodles for brains or something. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I didn't even see that. Whoa, 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 whoa. My account's dry? What? Use your brain. Smell evil. Smell evil. No evil when evil's present. No evil when evil's present. First thing, when my, when my children bring a man or a woman home, and they knock on the door or they ring the bell. I have discernment. And they may not have the discernment that I have. Four. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know how powerful that that, that, that verse is right there? It's extremely powerful. You have overcome the wicked one. You have overcome them, plural, his workers. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Know the God that lives inside of you. Make proper preparation to bust Satan in his freaking head. Amen. Make proper preparation. Not to fear. Not to tremble. Not to allow your joy and happiness and peace to flock and flee from you. The most high God. Christ is greater than any evil force from Satan. And that includes Satan. That's trying you in life. Christ lives in you. You have the victory and the power. We overcome. We overcome. It is, listen. It's instinct. We overcome. Five. 
They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Yeah, that's why these falsehood churches are packed. Because they're of the world. Therefore, these falsehood churches, the people of the world, they like to go places where there's no judgment on them. Not to say if they come to a church that um, teaches the truth that Christ is pleased with, one of the two, Philly or Smyrna, one of the two, okay, that Christ is pleased with. If they go to a church that Christ is pleased with, the conviction of their sin is overwhelming. They don't want to change. Because the Spirit's going to keep hitting, 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 hitting. They don't want to change. Therefore, they will not go there because in a falsehood church, they're only speaking what they want to hear because they're all false anyway. The world have the spirit of Antichrist, not the spirit of God. They don't have Yahweh's spirit. They have the spirit of Antichrist. You wonder why people can't hear you? You wonder why people can't hear you till it's time for them to hear you? Because they're living their life. They're living their best life. What they think is their best life. Six to close this chapter up. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. Yep. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Which one are you? Which one do you have? Do you have the spirit of truth or do you have the spirit of error? We must let the spirit of truth lead us always and never go and never ever go looking for trouble. Then you would be one carrying around the spirit of error which is the spirit of Satan. Be prepared with Yahweh's armor for his attacks. Be prepared for all things. Be prepared for people who claim to say that, that say they're Christians and they are really not prepared. Second Timothy, Second Timothy before one. What I'm about to read you is the duties of a minister. The duties of a minister. That sounds funny. The duties. The duties of a minister. <laughs> That's what I'm about to read you, okay? And I want you to get it, and I want you to understand this. Because who's a minister? Minister just means servant, right? You're a servant of God, you're a minister. Amen? You are a minister. What does ministers do? What do they do? They serve. They serve. Have you been serving? But have you been serving the right way? Let's see the duties of a minister here. So, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom at the seven trumpets? Christ is going to judge everyone, the quick and the dead. Okay? Understand that. This is what he's saying to do, the duties of a minister. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Always be on duty. No matter what the situation is, always be on duty. Watch this. Go back to verse 1 for a second. It says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what this is saying here in verse 1 is, it's saying, don't even worry about Satan and his workers. Don't worry about Satan for vengeance and judgment. All belongs to Yahweh. You just do your job free of worry for the Lord. That's what verse 1 is saying. That's what verse 1 is saying. Saying, I charge thee. That's what that means, I charge thee. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. If you're doing your job, you have nothing to worry about at all. If you're actually doing what God tells you to do, you have no worry at all. No worry at all. If you're a repenter, you have no worry at all. Amen? If you don't repent, if you're not doing what God says, you better worry. Big time. If you claim to be a Christian.
Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, meaning always be ready, always be on duty. Be prepared. Make preparation. There's some words for you. Reprove. Reprove and rebuke. I want you to see this here. These, these are beautiful. These are so beautiful. The word reprove here. Write this down. The biblical word translated here is reprove. It's more complex than what you know. Okay? It means to dispute, to judge, to chasten, to argue, to correct or prove. So when an authority comes to you and they're telling you that you're doing something wrong or that you are wrong, as a minister of God, you have the you have the right to dispute, judge, chasten, argue, correct, or prove. There's a twist to this, though. Okay, there's a twist to this. I want you to see that. When someone comes to you <clears throat> and they tell you something, they tell you that you're wrong, and they don't have the facts, they don't know what's really going on, right? And they're telling you that you're wrong, right? Now, obviously, if you're wrong, admit you're wrong, right? In the name of Jesus, admit you're wrong and be a good person. But if you're not wrong, okay? And if right is standing with you, if you're speaking of the truth and you're speaking of what's right, because you're doing what's right, amen? And you're not looking for trouble, you have every right to reprove, okay? To dispute, to argue, to prove your point, to prove the truth. Amen. Every right. I'm tired of these soft Christians that these big churches are making. Okay? No, no, you got to just be a you got to no, no. If they're saying that you did it, just let them say you did it. I don't think so. That ain't how God that's not how it works. Amen. The word rebuke here. Watch this. Confronting error and pointing out sin. So if someone's wrong and you point it out, you're confronting the error. And even if they're trying to put that sin on you, you confront the error, you point it out. It even goes as far as saying, Convicting someone in a courtroom. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting words here that we have here from the Word of God. I want you to see that. Always be ready to stand up for God's truth. Always. And stand up for what's right. But how does that work if you're wrong? How does that work if it works the same exact way? If you're wrong, rebuke yourself. Okay? Rebuke yourself. If you know you're wrong, that's where an honest person steps in. Amen? you got to be honest if you know you're wrong. And don't have a big kid to say, well, I'm not wrong. Because you ain't always right. I'm not always right. 
Amen? God's always right. That's the only one. Amen, Christ. Everybody else? It's usually 60-40. Amen? And that's the truth. 60-40. 40 right, 60 wrong. You get it? Be humble enough to take that and to understand that. Be humble enough. Verse 3. I'm going to finish 2. Preach the word in instant, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They like to hear fables. Again, they don't want to be convicted of sin to the point where it might change them. And it might have to really be somebody one day. That's a shame. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. This is why these churches are filled. They're not teaching truth. But they're teaching what the people of the world want to hear. Guess what they're teaching? Nothing. The people of the world, don't, they don't want, right now, this generation is crazy. They don't want, no one saying nothing to them, whether it be their parent, their godparent, their foster parent, their adoptive parent, their birth parent. They don't want no one saying anything to them at all. Cancel culture. Quick as that. So they go to these churches where they don't have to say nothing. But if they get too abominable, and they get too homosexual, right? And the pastor like, I got to say something about it. You can't bring that gayness in here. You, can, you can't do that. How dare you? I'm out of here. They got too abominable. They're too much of an abomination now. The pastor has to speak on something, right? Whether he's in the truth, whether they're not in the truth. Because every church, most churches teach you morals. So they can target and they can say, this is morally wrong. Right? Morally wrong. Most parents don't even say this is morally wrong. Just let their kids do whatever. There we go. That's why they have itchy ears. Four. But they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fable stories. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. Yes, do your father's will. Spread the truth. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Yes. Absolutely. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. Since when is a minister or a pastor supposed to be fighting? People will say Christians are supposed to be gentle. They are supposed to be gentle. Okay? When it calls for gentleness. Amen? When it calls for it. Right? So when Jesus Christ, God, mind you, go into the temple and you see them selling mighty infested doves, selling false um, perfect sheep and um, changing the tithes and the offerings of the people saying God will understand you give him less. He knows it's hard. Okay, all this other stuff. When Jesus Christ made a whip, a switch and started whooping people, flipping over tables, what would you call someone who did that today? If I was to go into a church and started flipping over tables, okay, and whipping people with a switch, I'm going to jail, right? Not really. I'm a bastard. I got malpractice insurance. I'm handing out checks, right? So, so I can do it again, right? So, 
If I go and I flip over tables in churches, right? They're going to say, that person's mad. This person got a problem. You call that a preacher? Jesus did it. We're just like Jesus. Right? I want to flip unrighteous tables over. Right? I want to knock unrighteous churches down. Right? I want to, I want to tell people they're unrighteous. I want to rebuke evilness and wickedness without being called evil. I want to do my job. If it calls for me to fight the enemy, I'm going to fight the enemy. I'm not going to just stand there and be a whip and take anything. Paul was stoned twice and died twice. Went to heaven twice. God sent him back twice. And every time he came back, he was more on purpose with his walk. Every time he came back from heaven, he was more on purpose with the poison he was feeding people, which is the truth. And they didn't like it. Too bad. You got to make preparations for the end. Let them know who reigns in your life. He who was, he that lives in you is greater than he that lives in the world. That sums it all up. Eight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, back to verse one there, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing, that know the truth. That's not worshiping the false Christ that come, that know the voice of God, and know the voice of the Antichrist and Satan, that know when they're um, being dealt with by the devil, by a wicked entity because the shield of faith. What God allows them to see, what others can't see. Come on, one more place after this and we are done. 38, Matthew 5, 38. How do you prepare for someone to come to your home? Hmm? How do you prepare? How do you prepare for someone to come to your home? If they're a friend, you prepare, right? You be like, hey, my friend's coming, my family coming. I'm like, you know, make sure they're comfortable and good, right? How do you prepare for the enemy who's coming to your home, but you don't even know they're your enemy? How do you prepare for that, right? How do you cop a squat, right? How do you cop a squat with someone under a tree, right? And read, or have a picnic, huh? How do you cop a squat with someone um, alongside you at one end, they're at the other end of the table, right? But they're your enemy. Think about what I'm saying to you. How do, you do, how do you prepare for that? Matthew 5, 38. Love your enemies. Ye have heard that it have been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's all some people have is one tooth. <laughs> They're done. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. Hold on. Listen to our Savior. But... Whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. So, what he's saying here is this. He's saying, love your enemies. He's saying, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, give him the other cheek. Now, if you overteach them, this is what he's speaking in this sense. If I overteach you, okay, and you're offended by what I taught, what I was teaching you, mind you, you had a little leeway, so you said, I'm going all the way. 
didn't you do? You didn't discern. You didn't discern that this person was turning red. You didn't discern that this person's hand was starting to twitch. You didn't discern that this individual was so upset and steaming that he wanted violence or she wanted violence. You didn't discern that, okay? So when you don't discern, you got to take it. Here what Christ is saying to you. When you don't discern, you have to take it. Part of it's your fault. Part of it's your fault. Because you did not discern. So if they slap you, you can't retaliate. If life deals you a bad blow because you didn't discern, you can't retaliate. Understand what he's saying here? Okay? So you can't hate them, you can't hate them for slapping you. You gotta love them. Okay? Because you should have known they didn't understand. You should have known they didn't get that and that's offensive to them. You should have known that they're not there yet. One step at a time, right? One step. You can't just dump the whole thing on people right around. I, I dealt with someone in my young when I was younger, an older guy. I was I was just telling him I was like, listen, the rapture's wrong. It's been wrong. It's always gonna be wrong. And I showed him scripture, and then I kind of embarrassed him because um, he couldn't say nothing else. He wanted to choke me. He says. If I could, he said, I want to choke you. I said, but you're, um, you're a deacon. Why would you choke another pastor? A fellow brother, right? <laughs> he says, because you're, you're telling me that I'm wrong. I said, I'm not telling you that you're wrong. God's telling you you're wrong. That's exactly what he's doing. He's telling, he says, I still want to choke you. I said, well, it's partly my fault because... This is how I'm talking to him. It's probably my fault because I should have known you wasn't ready to hear the truth. He said, what? Now you calling me stupid? I said, not stupid. Not stupid. Just unlearned. I should have known that you were not ready to hear the truth. And I said, on that note, I believe because you have every right to get up and choke me. Okay? Every right. He said, wait a minute. What you mean? I have every right to get up and choke you. It wouldn't be evil. I said it kind of would be. I said, but at the same time, I didn't discern properly to say that's enough. To say it's enough. Everybody was like, show us that. And I showed them right here in Matthew. And they said, wow. Wow. And I said, yeah, that's the truth. He says, young buck, I got respect for you now. He said, because I didn't even know that. And I was about to say, you don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> now I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> No one to quit, no one to shut up, right? Because he would have had another reason to put hands on, right? <laughs> I would have came home, chuck marks on my neck. Mm, mm, mm. On my neck, my wife would have said, why do you have hand marks on your neck? I got a choke, man. <laughs> you let somebody choke you? I had to. I caused it. Here we go. He would have loved that. Verse 40. And if any man will sue thee at the law in the court and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. So, you see what he's saying here? I was just talking about suing, 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 suing. It's a real thing, friend. This was real back then. It's even realer today. If someone's going to sue you, right? If someone comes to your church and say the ice is on the, on the ground and you forgot to put salt down, you forgot to shovel, okay? And they just happen to get there early, right? 
and they come on in and they end up busting their head on the ground. Okay? I'm getting sued, right? I would be sued. And because I'm sued, there's nothing I can do about it but just pay the money, right? And then say, is there anything else you need? Do you also need me to pay your hospital bills too? The word answer going to be yes, right? Rightfully so. I should have put soft down. I should have shoveled. Right or wrong? I should have shoveled. Again, that's why I don't allow people to come to my home or to my place of business that I don't trust. Okay? Because of somebody that I do trust and they end up falling, but there is salt and there is, and it is shoveled and they fall anyway, then you'll be like, I'm about to sue Pastor Crawford. They're not going to do that. Okay? Because now they would have a problem with me Spiritually and physically, because I did my part. And now you're trying to shice me. And that's wrong. Do you understand what Christ is saying here? Amen? Right? I want you to see. I want you to see. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Go two miles. There's nothing wrong with going two miles with somebody. Give to him that asks thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Don't turn anyone away. Turn no one away at all. Unless they're on drugs or an alcoholic or they're a gambler or unless they're um, just wicked. Then turn them away. Okay? If they're wicked and they're going to harm themselves with what you give them, the answer is always no. If that's the case, every um, drug user, every um, person who's on the outside with their hand, who look like they use drugs day in, day out, and just drink alcohol day in, day out, they can just always take money, be like, here you go, here you go, here you go, just a little alcohol for you, little alcohol for you, little alcohol for you, little drug for you, little needle for you, little pill for you. No. No. You gotta use discernment, amen? 43. Ye have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Yeah, you better. You better. Because you're no better than Christ. And Christ died on the cross for all people, whosoever will. And he will say, as he was dying on the cross, he would say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. They are being used. They are being used. Grace is serious, friend. It's extremely serious. And we must give it in abundance. In abundance. Again, you're targeted. All you must do is show the love of God no matter what. Constantly, all day, every day. Show the love of God. Show grace. That ye may be the children of your Father. Happy Father's Day. Which is in heaven... For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. He makes it rain. He makes the sun come up. He does all these things. This is God. He does all these things. So when it's raining and your yard is beautiful and green and lush. And your, your fruit trees can grow. And your vegetables can grow. You don't think your neighbor who's evil, who does bad things to people, you don't think he got a garden or she got a garden? It's going to grow too. It's going to grow too. 
What's the one thing you need to understand? Vengeance belongs to God. Amen? All vengeance belongs to God. So you don't have to ever take vengeance in your own hand. Amen? No matter how much you want to. Never take vengeance in your own hand. He's showing you something here. They crucified him. Okay? But a Kenite can still have salvation. Right? For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? No reward. No reward at all. It's a waste of time. Right or wrong? Because I tell you this right now, most people only love you for what what you get, what they can get from you, okay? And that's the truth. That's most people, unless you're real genuine, unless you're a real Christian. Do not even the publicans the same question. Yes, they do. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans. So watch this. I want you to see this right here. Never forget this. Be ye Therefore, perfect, even as your Father, Yahweh, the great I Am, which is in heaven, is perfect. This is beautiful. Our King, Jesus Christ, is saying, be perfect. But here's the catch. The manuscripts say, be perfect in acting on principles, the principles of Yahweh's wonderful grace. Did you hear that? Be perfect in acting on the principles of Yahweh's wonderful grace, conforming with the laws of Yahweh's kingdom, listen close, and the laws of the times we live in today. Give no excuse for the enemy to harm you. None whatsoever. And I learned this the hard way. It said, if it says, um, if the speed limit is 40, do, do 40. Do 40. But the law also says they have... If you go five miles over, if a cop decides to pull you over, he decides to pull you over. Nothing you can do about it. You went five miles over. Well, I was just keeping up with the with the traffic. Doesn't matter. You're five miles over. A ticket's coming to you. Amen. For five miles over, right? Right. Well, what about the car on this side of me that zoomed past me? What about the car on this side of me that zoomed past me? Cop would say, I didn't see them. I saw you. You're targeted, not them. You got the seal of God, not them. I'm making a point to God to say to God, I got your servant with the seal of God, with the truth, with all this understanding, all this wisdom. It's going five miles over, right? What you going to do? Okay? Take the ticket, right? Take the ticket. Now the cop could the cop could easily say, you know what? I'm a warn. I'm just give you a warning here. Slow down. It's just five miles over. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But if the cop don't say that, you have to. Now that would be a nice cop, wouldn't it? You have to understand that the cop, all cops don't do that. All cops don't do that. You're targeted for five miles over when the cars on the side of you were zoom 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 zoom, like Mazda. Zoom, zoom. They were gone. You have to understand that. Give the enemy no excuse. So therefore we love our enemies and leave vengeance to God. Amen? Amen. We love those who persecute us and do bad towards us and we give vengeance to God. Amen? Amen. We love those who talk bad about us and misuse us and hate us deep down inside and want to pop a squat on the side of your table with you and eat your food and then talk bad about you anyway. You love them anyway. Amen? You love those people who do things to you intentionally to harm you. 
with intent to harm, and you love your enemy anyway. Amen? You do as Christ said to do, and he will take care of everything else. And that's the truth. So forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. When you don't forgive, it causes a big ball inside of your spirit. And that ball begins to twirl. When that ball twirls, it wraps up your joy, your peace, your happiness, your love, your um, your inner self, who you really are, the beautiful person that you really are. You have to untwine it, untwine it. That's what grace is for. It, it untwines everything. And it causes you to snap back with more power, with more resilience, with more grace and with more love and with the blessing of God. You learn something. In closing, Exodus 14. Let's learn this. This sums it all up right here. Exodus 14. The crossing over. Verse 10. Exodus 14, 10. In closing, if you have it, say glory to God. God just set the children free. They left is Egypt. They're on their way. They're at the sea now. They're trapped between the sea and Pharaoh. God's hardening Pharaoh's heart. And it reads. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord Yahweh. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no more graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Question, why have you done this to us? We should have stayed and worshipped Pharaoh and served him there. You see what panic does? You see what anxiety does, what panic does, what worry and fear does? It causes you to go back to a submissive state. And it wants your, your mind, your spirit says, well, I just need to go serve Pharaoh so I don't die. You're going to die in bondage and rather be free and serve God who allows you to be free? I don't think so. Serve God. Wherefore, hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. We told you we didn't want to go. And they told me, they said, we don't want to mess with you. We don't want to go. We don't want freedom. Okay, Chicken George. We don't want freedom. Well, 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 boss, I don't know freedom. I was born a slave. Well, now I'm trying to teach you to rebel. Okay, right? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone? That we may serve the Egyptians, question. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Fear on top of fear on top of fear on top of fear. Where's their faith? You saw all these miracles God did in Egypt. You saw the death angel come down. And because God said, mark your doors with the perfect lamb's blood, symbolic of Christ, who saves us, the death angel will pass over you. This is why we celebrate Passover. will pass over you, and the death angel will not harm you. When God said, I'm going to bring a, a terrible darkness on the land of Egypt, but Goshen will have sunlight. Egypt, the rest of Egypt, will have total darkness. And it will be darkness that can be felt. The darkest darkness. And when God did so, Egypt had dark, darkness. Goshen, Israel, had light. Are you still fair? 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to stand still. He wants you to stand still in life. He wants you to stand still and trust Him. He wants you to stand still in life. Stop moving about so much, but stand still. 
and see the salvation of the Lord Yahweh, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord Yahweh shall fight for you, and ye shall hold thy peace. You will hold your peace. Stand still. Shut your mouth. That means trust me. Stand still and get ready for instruction. Stand still and prepare thyself for what I'm about to say. Stand still and watch God work. Glory to God. And the Lord Yahweh said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Question, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. This word go forth is interesting because it means it takes, he's, what he's saying here is this. Am I not God? Did I not speak to you and tell you to stand still and watch my salvation, my great deliverance? Did I not tell you to hold your peace? What's all this chatter right here? What's all these words of um, unfaith? What's all these words of no faith, of doubting and fear? All I hear is chatter. He's saying, tell them to go forth. The word go forth here, it means it, it takes strength. It takes strong faith to go forward without seeing the outcome. Amen? It takes strong faith to go forward without seeing the outcome. True faith with Yahweh in Christ Jesus will, will part any sea. It don't matter. Pick one. It doesn't matter. Pick an ocean. There's seven of them. It does not matter. It will part any sea if you have true faith and you're able to stand still and watch the salvation of God and move forward. So how was he telling you to, to um, stand still and see his salvation, but he wants you to move forward? He just told you to stand still. If he's saying stand still, that means let me move you. Let me work within you. Amen. That's what that means. Let me guide you. Let me lead you. Let me speak through you. Let me show you the way. Again, true faith can part any seed with Jesus Christ. There's seven of them. Pick one. Pick them all. It doesn't matter. That's who God is. I know that to be true. But lift up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. It's a miracle in itself. And I, double emphasis, and I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. And they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and Upon his horsemen. Now wait a minute. Why, why is God using Pharaoh to get honor? Because God has the negative part of his plan. And he has the positive part of his plan. And the positive part of his plan. Is the promised seed and the very elect. The negative part of his plan. Just happened to be Pharaoh. Happened to be Rome. Happened to be all the people. Who held Israel in captivity. So if you're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side. Pharaoh happened to be on the wrong side. Pharaoh deserved everything that he got. 
God's unjust and fear God. 19. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near to the other all night long. Yahweh will separate his children from the enemy, Satan. He will separate Satan from you. So that you can prepare. So that you can prepare. So you can make preparation. And then when it's time to release him, he will release him. But you're already prepared. You're ready for him. You get the message. You get what he's saying here. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Glory to God. You serve a great God. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord Yahweh caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. With the nostril of God did he divide the waters. By him breathing, taking a deep breath, each side of the water became a wall. In the book of Ezekiel, God, God says, I am your wall. They just didn't know it. God's deep breath by his nostrils did he divide the sea. It's amazing. And the, and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on either right hand and on the left hand. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watched the Lord Yahweh looked on the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord Yahweh fight. They're saying Yahweh. They're saying his sacred name. The Egyptians are. So they know who God is. It's not a fluke. Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord Yahweh fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord Yahweh said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, all the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord Yahweh overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were as walls, were as a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left hand. Because Yahweh is our true wall. Of preparation and preparing us for me. Now I want you to see that God's not a God of mistakes. Okay? He knows exactly where he was leading Israel when he took them out 
of Egypt. He knew exactly where he was leaving them. He prepared for it. He prepared for the evil of Pharaoh. He prepared for the pride of Pharaoh and for the um, wickedness of the devil. He prepared for this. And he was well prepared. And he had to show Israel that they need to be prepared. And that he's always there. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Pharaoh was there. God's a poor general. Not at all. Not at all. He knows exactly what he's doing to get glory on both ways. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thus saith the Lord Yahweh, save Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore, as it said he would and, uh, at the beginning of this chapter here. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord Yahweh did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord. Finally, reverence comes to God from Israel. But it wouldn't last. It would not last. But they would lose faith quickly. And believed the Lord Yahweh and his servant Moses. Listen, listen, listen. Yahweh didn't give us the spirit of fear. But the ability to cry Abba, which means Father. Okay. When we need him. When we act in faith. When we speak in faith. The enemy Satan will try to shake, to shake you up. He will try to harm you in every way that he can. Be prepared, make preparations. For Satan and his workers, make preparations for the power of God to be in your life. Amen. Amen. And remember to stand in grace of God because that's what he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' holy name. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.